have you online. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to continue our teaching on time management. And uh, I will conclude it today. It's just two parts, but really there's a lot that um, we could talk about. Maybe another time um, we will do, we'll go into it some more. But I just wanted to touch it last week and this week. So we're going to talk about time management and character. Time management and character. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Scripture says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. I wonder if you can help me. The, the volume appears to be a bit loud. It was quite loud for me over there. Is it loud over there? Okay, maybe it's just my spider sense, my ears. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so um, it sounds a bit loud to me. All right. We want to talk about time management, just recap on some of the things that we've already said. Um, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 is the text we began with, which says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Watch how you live your life. Watch how you live your life. Make sure you put everything into consideration. Take everything into consideration. Be wise in how you live. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time. In other words, make the best use of the time because of the days we're living in. And we talked about what do we mean by your time. We said your time speaks of the days that are allotted to you which you have control over. So the days and the time that you and I have control over, it's what we mean by taking advantage of your time. And we also mentioned about how we use our free time. That is the leisure hours that we have that can either add and make a great life out of what we do or can be just simply wasted. And we said that the habits often that are formed in our youth are what makes or breaks us as a person later on in life. Most people who have been greatly used by God or have made an impact, significant impact in our world today, a lot of what they did in their latter days were formulated in their teens and in their early 20s, sometimes even younger than that. And so we, we spoke about how we are to use our time wisely and our days wisely because all of us have been given 24 hours to utilize. And so we're going to now talk about time management and character. Time management is an issue of integrity. It's an issue of personal integrity. The strength of moral character is derived and conserved by how we learn to refuse the things that are not important. How strong you and I are spiritually and how strong you and I are morally is determined by how we have used our time. How we manage our time is a reflection of our character and it reflects our personal integrity. Because of the following reasons. Number one, 
the use of our time highlights if our word is good or if our word is bad. Our words constitute the sum total of our personality. And the things that we say are expressions of who we really are. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 to 35, our Lord says this. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. 34, brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, how can you, being evil, speak good things? Do I need to change the mic? Oh, battery's dying. Okay. I'm not going to make any comments. I'm just going to carry on teaching. Praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor and tell them the mic is working. Okay. So I don't think I can move. Okay. I'll have some freedom in a minute. Hallelujah. Let's read 34 again. Brood of vipers. Not, I'm not talking about anybody. I'm reading the Bible. Brood, <laughs> brood of vipers. How can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our use of our time will highlight whether our word is good or not because often we commit to things based on what we say. So we'll say, I'm going to be there at such a time. And then, whether we're there at that time or not is dependent on our character. Is that right? You know, it's interesting. As I taught this last week, this week, I made a, a, a whole leap of mistakes with my time. I, I, there were engagements I forgot, even though they were in my diary. There were things I turned up late to, even though I had planned to get there on time. And I just knew this is the fruit of my labor. Hallelujah. I wonder how you did with your time. How many of you did really well with your time this week? Hey, look at this church. How many of you did terrible with your time this week? How many of you didn't even try to, you just continued as bad as you've always done? No, 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 really, no, no. Our use of time is a reflection of our word. So if your word is good, then your time management would be good. You'll be known as somebody who is either on time or early. And if your word is bad, then you will be known as somebody, if they tell you they'll be there at 12, budget for 2.30. Because you know they're going to be late. There are certain people I can predict what time they'll be at events. For whatever reason, come rain or sunshine, I know they're going to be 10 minutes late. Minimum. 10 minutes late, average 15 minutes late. And there's always a reason. The traffic lights, the snowstorm, my alarm clock. What time is it really? Have the clocks gone forward? <laughs> All kinds of reasons. Okay, is there something new happening? Thank you. All right. So, one, our time management is a reflection of how good our word is. Secondly, 
our time management reveals what values we hold dear. Look at what he says in verse 35. A good man of Matthew 12. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So look at that. So whatever is in our heart is what comes out. So if we have values that are high in integrity and we place a lot of premium in what we say, then it will reflect in how we use our time. Can you say amen? The church is very quiet. You see, like for instance, some, some people groups are known for bad punctuality. They even have statements like African time, Nigerian time, Ghanaian time, West Indian time. It's called foolishness. This is all stupid. This is all nonsense. There is no such thing as Nigerian time. Or, it's just time. It's just time. You've gone very, very quiet right now. Oh, this never happens. Is this, is this some kind of racist thing I'm saying? Like if I was white and I was saying this now, some of you have a problem. But it doesn't change. It's the truth. We, we say West Indian time, African time. Is it true? Yeah, so I want to be clear. But it's a reflection of our character. It is a demonstration of the things we hold. I can't stand African time. I hate that statement. And I hear people, oh, this, is, this is African time. Like, what are you talking about? Like in our churches in Ghana, in our churches in Africa, I tell them we start on time. Whether people are there or not, we start. We start at 12 and we finish at 2. If that's what we said, then that's what we're going to do. Oh, but you know here, this is Africa. I, this is where? This is CLF. We don't do that. So after a while, you find that people will fall in line when they realize they're serious about their time. One man of God, when it comes to weddings, he tells them, me, if you delay me, at the time when we said, if you don't turn up, I will just leave. So you have to have a backup plan if you're going to be late. Because I will, and he does. He just, it's, it's, it's at two. the bride is there at four, somebody else will do it. Because he will not do it. He's gone. He's finished. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you, you Say to your neighbor, he's talking to you now. He's talking to you. So, your time management is a reflection of the values you hold dear. If, you're, if you put a premium on your word, and if you put a premium on what you do with your life, then when you commit to things at a certain time, you will make sure you put all your effort to meet that deadline. Can you say amen? Because he says in verse 37, verse 36 and 37, he says, But I say to you that every idle word, every useless word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So if I make commitments that have to do with my word and my time, I am going to be held accountable by that on the day of judgment. What a glorious thought. Third point. Time management demonstrates 
the importance we place on, on our commitments. The importance we place on our commitments. If I say to you that I'm going to do this job for you by this time, and I give you a quote that says, the quote is X amount for this amount of time, I don't then, in the middle of my job, change the terms of the agreement. Oh, you know, I, I, said, I know I said it's going to cost 300 pounds and it's going to take me two days. But, you know, on reflection, it's actually going to cost me 350 and it's going to take me four and a half days. And, you know, I'm even giving you a discount because by rights, I should really make it five days and I should make it 500 pounds. No. That is not how a child of God is to manage their affairs. Wow. Can you say amen if you agree? Or ouch if it is you. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Paul is talking to the Corinthians about his plans and the fact that his plans were delayed. And he said this, Therefore, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh? In other words, do you think I make my plans carelessly? Or do you think I am like the people of the world? One version says, who say yes when they really mean no. He says, he says that there should be yes, yes, and no, no. When I make my plans, Paul says, do you think I make my plans so that there's yes, yes, and no, no? In other words, when I say yes, I mean no. When I say no, I mean yes. And then he says this in verse 18. But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. In other words, God being their witness, when they say yes, they mean yes. And when they say no, they mean no. When they say they will do something, they will do it. When they say they won't do it, they can't do it. Because they mean what they say. That's, that, all of that has to do with time management. Has to do time and I tell you, you look so happy as I'm talking right now. You look, you look are you do you understand what I'm saying? You you look like I'm slapping you. I don't understand. I, I thought you'd be really glad. Hallelujah. Just smile to your neighbor and say he's talking to you. <laughs> Fourth point: time management highlights our respect for others. It demonstrates that we actually respect people. We respect them enough to put a premium on what we commit to do. In Hebrews chapter 10, 24, scripture says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. So when you respect people, it's because you are considering their time. And so by considering them, you will place a value on the time. Worship team, and I'm not having to go at anybody. I, I want to ask you this question. When you started the worship, would you have enjoyed it more, leading, Sharon, if the place had all these people at the beginning? Would it have been a nicer feeling? It's easier, isn't it? But when you start leading in worship and then you've got Sister Agnes, if there's an Agnes, I, don't, I didn't know you were here. Doing... It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour up. And then somebody's just walking in. It's your breath in their lungs. And then somebody else. 
is, is my breath in my lungs. It, it can be quite off-putting, isn't it? I have noticed that when some people are doing things in church, they are very early. And then when they are not doing things, they come late. It's a sign of their lack of respect for other people. I'm just saying. It is. How you respect people, if I respect you, I will also place a premium on your time. You see, you know, at times I see people, people have this thing like, as for me, I only come for the word. I come to church, me, I just come for the word. I don't come for the worship. Or some say, who's, 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 who's preaching? Who's preaching? If it's Joe, ah, you know, it's just jokes. I'm not coming. I need, I need someone serious. These are all signs of how much we respect each other. Hallelujah. Now, the interesting thing is this. The use of our time, as obvious as this statement is, the use of our time never escapes the attention of God. God is watching how we use our time. I remember as a young man when I decided to be early. Actually, I decided to be on time for things. First, I decided to be on time. Then I realized it's best to be early. Right? I would remember our church service in the morning used to start at 12 o'clock. Um, and then we had the Bible study that started at 11. So I aimed to be, I wasn't interested in no Bible study at that time. Just let's get to church on time. So I aimed to be in church by 12. And I remember so many times running, 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 running just to make sure I got there on time. And then, oh, I'll get there one minute late, two minutes late. But I had to keep persevering until finally I started to get into church early. It's like some, there's like some battle going on in the spiritual realm to stop me from getting to church early on time. Have you noticed this thing? How many of you have noticed this phenomenon? Like even some of you came late today. I'm sure you have planned to get here early because it's time management. And then you got, sometimes because of even that, you decide not to even come to church. I don't know if that's why some of you are online right now. I don't know. But the use of our time never escapes the attention of God. So therefore, if you are trying to be more integrous with your time, keep trying, even if you fail, because God is watching. God is watching, and as you keep trying to do the right thing, you will find eventually the grace will come. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 13 says this. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Fear God and keep his commandments. What we do with our time will be rehearsed back to us on the day of judgment. The difference between us and the world is that we will be judged for our works to determine our eternal reward, whilst the unsaved will be judged for their sins to determine their eternal destiny. So for us as believers, yeah, we will not be judged for our sins because that's already been judged through the cross. But we will be rewarded based on how we use our time. And everything that we are doing, in secret especially, before God, is being monitored. Revelation 14, 13 says this. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors 
and their works follow them. So, beloved, your works will follow you. How you use your time before the Lord, when only he sees it, will follow you. Can you say amen? So, we must therefore learn to worship God with our time. The first and the second commandment is really how we honor God with our time. We love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's the first commandment. And then we love our neighbor as ourselves. The use of our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength, our might, our soul, our strength. All these things are things that speak to us of how we utilize our time. How we worship God is reflected in how we use our time. For example, worshiping him with all our might, as an example, will be demonstrated by how we love him through the use of our resource, through the use of our influence, and through the use of our actual time. Our might speaks of energy, strength, ability. And you demonstrate your love for God by how you put that to use. So even in the workplace, you can go to work for yourself or you can go to work for God. And if you're working for God in your workplace, then you will seek to do things to honor the name of Jesus regardless of what's going on around you. Can you say amen? Now ideally, although every aspect of our life should glorify God, the reality is that there are many areas in our lives that God has left to us to decide how we honor him. So I can decide to give God 10% or 20% or 50% or 100%. I can decide. Now, the, the, the thing I notice is that all of us like to convince ourselves we're giving 100% to God when in reality we're not even giving 5%. Hallelujah. Just look at how your time is used. Just look at your life. Don't look at anybody else's. Look at your life. And ask yourself, of the time that I use, how much of that is intentional to honor the Lord? I'm not talking about being in church on Sunday. It's easy in church on Sunday. I'm not talking about even just reading my Bible and praying. That's a good thing. But I'm not talking about that alone. I'm talking about the simple things. Like this week, for instance, I was a little bit of a naughty boy. I lost my temper with some church leaders. I lost my temper. They were saying some things, and I just thought, oh, this, is just, this is long. You know what? I'm going to let you know. I don't think, I don't agree. So I let them know I didn't agree. So I felt really okay about it. And then afterwards, I began to see some of them, their image in my head. And I felt like maybe, maybe I could have been nicer. I know you're surprised. So I thought, oh, I will call. So I bounced it off Aish, and she, was, she gave me wise counsel. So I thought, let me call one of them. So I started call, I called one or two of them. These are not CLF pastors, by the way. These are other church leaders. So I called them anyway. And to my surprise, one of them said to me, they were really grateful that I called them. And I said, I'm really sorry. I think I was a bit rude. Well, I don't think I know I was a bit rude. I'm really sorry for being rude. And then another one, 
they, we just had a bit of a laugh about it and so forth. But the point I'm making is, is this. I had a choice. I could have decided, well, you know what? I was in my right. The thing that was being said was out of order. I was in my right. Or I could have decided, well, God knows my heart. Or I could have decided to reach out because maybe that person was hurt. And by reaching out, maybe that person was hurt. I realized actually that person was hurt. I didn't even realize they were hurt because they told me they were really worried about the whole thing. And so I just want to say to you, how you honor God may not always look attractive, may not always be very, shall we say, romantic. But if you're seeking to honor his character by what you do, then you are worshiping him with your time. That's what I'm trying to say. Amen. When we, when we honor God with our time, we are really living and really excelling as men and women of God. The, the way you honor God with your time will cause you to really for, be fulfilled as an individual. And the truth is, we end up failing in our walk with God in other areas of our lives when we fail in this one area, how we worship him with our time. So, at times, I, I find people are saying, no, I don't know what I should do with my life. I don't know about this area. I don't know about how to go about this thing. And the simple little things that God wants to bring the attention to, they are ignoring it. Simple little things. Maybe if you're a, if you're a, a young person living with your parents, maybe how you honor your parents because you're a child of God. Maybe how you are nice to your siblings because you're a child of God. This is all how we honor God with our time, you know. Are you still here? Now, here's the thing. At times, we will have things, opportunities that come our way to honor God. And if we fail to honor him in that instance, that opportunity will never come back again. That opportunity will never come back again. Now, you may even get another chance, but it will never be the same as that first opportunity. Let me give you an example. So in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had the opportunity to honor God. Eve, she was deceived. So in a way, it wasn't her fault. She was deceived. But Adam, he knew exactly what was happening. He saw his wife take off the fruit. She ate it. And he knew that now she's cut off from God. What made his, his action so terrible was that Adam transgressed. Eve was deceived. Adam's sin was a transgression. In other words, he knew this is wrong and he did it. Eve's sin was a sin through deception. She didn't realize she was doing the wrong thing. She was hoodwinked. Now, when Adam did what he did, in fact, what Adam should have done, I, I want to digress a little bit. What Adam should have done after Eve took it, he should have brought her to God and then he would have had to have died for her and then we wouldn't have had to go through all this thing that we're going through now. Anyway, however, <laughs> however, he didn't do that. He chose with his wife because he didn't want to lose his wife. And by doing that, we all fell. Now, God forgave them, 
But the opportunity never came back again. He missed it forever. God forgave them. But the sin's consequence remained. There are examples in the Bible like this. Esau with his brother, Jacob. Jacob says, look. He says, I want some of your stew, lentil stew. How many of you like lentils? Lentil stew, I like lentils. And Jacob says, you want some of my lentils? Yeah, man, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. He says, sell your birthright. He said, come on, what's wrong with you? The birthright's no use right now. Man's hungry. Give me some of the food. He says, sell your birthright. Because you can have my birthright. So he gave him the thing and he ate it. But afterwards, he didn't realize. When he decided that he had changed his mind about it, it was too late. He even sought it with tears, but he couldn't get the blessing of the firstborn because he sold his birthright. And my point I'm making is this. At times, you have certain opportunities, situations that will come your way. And the use of your time in that circumstance can determine the rest of your life. Now, believers sometimes have this fatalistic attitude to life. If it is God's will, it will happen. If it is not God's will, it won't happen. Beloved, there are many things that are God's will that will never happen unless a human being wants it to happen. The Bible says it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to him in repentance. Time cannot be frozen or stored. It can only be spent. You can't, you can't retrieve the time you have lost. And once it's lost, it's irretrievably gone. So the wisest thing to do is to know how to use your time now. To maximize your time now. Can you say amen? And that is why God deals with us in the now. God deals with us now. He says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, he says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Today, if you hear his voice. In other words, God deals with us in the now. So like he, he will speak to you about something right now. Like as I'm talking, things will come to your mind right now that you should do something about. And I learned this secret as a young believer. So when the preacher was preaching, if he said something that hit me, that I had to change, I'll just say to the Lord, yes, Lord. I'll say out, yes, Lord. And my yes, Lord, meant I've changed. There's no need, I don't need to come to the front for that. The man is talking. He said, you have to stop swearing. I don't need to come to the front for that. I just say, eh, yes, Lord. Sometimes I didn't even know that word was a swear word. And as the guy was talking, I said, huh, that's a swear word. Yes, Lord, I'm not doing it again. Sometimes the preacher is preaching and he's talking, 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 like I'm talking, talking, talking right now. And then he will say something that I've been praying about. And I hear God clearly and I'll say, yes, Lord, because God deals with us in the now. And when you respond to him in the now, he empowers you in the now. That's how it works. When you say yes to God now, then grace is given to you now to deal with your situation now. Verse 15, he says, while it is today, while he said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. In other words, when you hear God speak to you about something, don't resist it. Don't resist it. Don't say, yeah, pa, 
Yeah, but you don't understand, Pastor. You don't know what I'm going through, Pastor. You don't have my history, Pastor. You don't know how I was brought up, Pastor. You're right, I don't know. But God knows. And if he's talking to you now, you deal with it. Because how you respond to him now will influence what you do with your time in the future. God is a God of now. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 says, he says this. In an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time, not tomorrow. When God is dealing with you on any issue, he will deal with you in the present. So how you respond is very important. This is how you begin to change your time management. I had a big problem with my time management. And when I, my pastor, I remember many years ago, he taught on time management. And from that point, I determined not to be known as somebody who will be late. Not to be known. Hallelujah. So how do we worship God with our time? Number one, you must rededicate your time to God. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Draw near to God. This ain't Old Testament. This is New Testament. Draw near to God. You see, sometimes I hear these people, they think that the New Testament, there's no demands. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Wow. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. That's to Christians. He's writing to the diaspora, believers. And purify your heart, you double-minded. Let's be honest. We have to realize, you know what, Lord? I haven't been right with my time. I haven't been doing right with my time. In some areas, I'm very selective. When it comes to certain things, I'm very good. If money's in it. If money's in it, you know I'll be there. You can bet the bottom dollar or pound, I'll be there. Money, how much, how much, how much do I need, how much do I need to, how much am I going to get if I come on time? How much? Glory to God. How about how much is, is there bonus for early? I'll be there. I'll be there. Let's be honest. Let's be honest about it. When it comes to the bottom sterling, we are very on it. Are you still here? So we must rededicate our time to God. Lord, I acknowledge my behavior is out of order. I acknowledge my compromise. I acknowledge my double standards. I acknowledge it. I'm not going to lie to you or to myself. It's nice when you do that. It's easier. Don't look for a reason why you sin. At times, people have the reason for their sin. You see, pastor, the reason why I fornicate, hmm, I don't really like fornicating, you know. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just can't help it. When you see the way the people walk, you just know you have to fornicate. God knows my heart. I love Jesus. I, I love Jesus. But as for fornication, Pastor, you have to allow it. Well, as, long as, you talk, as long as you talk like that, your sin will remain. But you can be honest. Pastor, hmm, I love fornicating, you know. I really like it, but it's really evil. It's the kind of sin that sends people to hell. And, and 
thank you, brother. And, and I, don't, I don't want to go to hell, so I need you to help me to pray. I'll be honest, right now, I enjoy it. Three times a week, it helps keep my mind safe, balanced. You know, different ladies and brothers, two sisters, one brother. It helps. You know, it's plural. These days, it doesn't matter. Boy, girl, it doesn't matter. Pastor, your mind must be open, but I need to be free. That is, that is, look at you. <laughs> look at you. Second thing, after you rededicate your time to God, acknowledge where you've dishonored him. Acknowledge where you've dishonored him by your time management. Lord, I realize that when it comes to church, I plan to be late. I'm late on purpose. Lord, I recognize that when it comes to doing your work, I am not as conscientious. How many of you plan to be late when it comes to Christian things? Be honest. Nobody's going to be honest here. Hey, only one honest person has just about managed to lift their hand. Come on, how many of you, you plan to be late to church things? You plan to be late. Oh, what is this? Be bold, be strong. I, I, I myself, I, I have done it many times. I plan to be late. What time does the thing start? Yeah, I'm going to be late. How many of you plan to be late? Can I see? Even Sunday morning, you plan to be late. Be honest. Hey, you're still, you're still, there's still strongholds. We break it, we break it, we break it. Acknowledge where you have gone wrong. If you want to be effective to worship God with your time, 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says this. I have, uh, I have 10 minutes left. All right? I have 10 minutes left. He says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What does he mean to confess? To confess your sin does not mean you say, I'm sorry. That's not what it means to confess. To confess your sin because God is not interested in whether you're sorry or not. You know, how many of you, you've sinned and you're sorry, but you intend to do it again? Ah, oh, come on. I, many times. I did the sin. I enjoyed the sin. I just don't like the guilt afterwards. So I plan, once the guilt subsides, to repeat. So, so when I'm confessing how bad I feel, I'm, I'm sincere. I'm very sincere. Lord, look at me. Oh, God, that, that dog has a lamb. i really bad. But I'm going to do it again. But I won't say. In my younger days, I wouldn't say. Then one day, I cottoned on. I said, Lord, we both know I'm going to do it again. We both know I'm going to do it again. So you need to help me. Because there's no point me trying to style it out. Oh, God, forgive me. I'm so sorry. Oh. And I said, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to do it again. You know I'm going to do it again. <laughs> To confess in the Bible means to say the same thing as. So you agree with God about what he says about the behavior. That's, that's what you, and until you agree with God about his verdict, your sin remains. That's why you have to agree with him about the things he calls sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I tell him that. We both know that this thing is wrong. I ask you to forgive me and help me to change. We both know that I want to do it again and I will do it again. 
but give me an appetite to hate me. Give me a desire to change. Give me a desire. Do something in me that will cause me not to want to do it again. But just don't embarrass me. Yeah, because God, to help you, he will just tell, you know, you're leading worship and then some little girl will come and say, as I was, as I was praying, I saw you yesterday in your boyfriend's house um, and that married man's house. That can happen. As we're praying for all these gifts of the spirit, that kind of thing can happen. So you just be honest. Because the little girl, she doesn't know. Yeah, mommy, um, uh, yeah, Pastor Joe, yesterday when I was praying, I saw you. <laughs> so acknowledge where you've gone wrong with your time management. Third point, be a person of your word. Matthew 5.37. But let your yes be yes. And your no be no. And your no, no, rather. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Hey! Exaggerations is from the evil one. Let your yes, are you coming? Uh, uh, No, I'm not coming. That's what, no. Or yes. uh, uh, Am I coming? Coming to what? Are you coming to church? On time. On time. What time does it start again? It starts at 11. Mm, Are you sure? You know, there is 11 and then there is 11. Mm, I might be there. And you know you're not going to be there. So just say, no, I'm not coming. Why? I don't want to. That's the reason. You have to let your yes be yes. And you'll know, be no. Anything else is from the devil. The evil one is not your mother-in-law. It's the devil. The evil one is not your big brother. It's the devil. It's the devil. Anything else is from the evil one. So, when they ask you, do you want, you go for a job interview, you, you say, nah, I don't like this job. Don't say, just be honest. Um, no, I don't want this job. No, thank you. It's, it's, why don't you like this job? Well, look at this place. No, I don't, I don't like it. I got better off, actually. I tell you, it's liberating. Be a person of your word. It is. People ask you a question. Do you agree with me? Don't say, mm, no, I don't. I don't agree with you. Why not? Because I think what you're saying is rubbish. Why did you ask me if you didn't want to hear it? You know, people say, are you Brexit or not Brexit? I am Brexit. I'm, I'm not making a political statement. I'm just saying, I could not be Brexit. This one, I'm not going to tell you. I am Brexit. Huh? Do you, do you like Trump? What do you mean? Do you like Donald Trump, the racist, misogynist? Yes. Yes, I like him. I like him better than Hillary Clinton. You are a wicked human being. Just be honest. Or, no, I can't stand him. I think he's a racist pig. I'm not, I'm not saying he is. I'm just using these things as examples. Just be honest. Speak your mind. But at times, people want to be politically correct. Anything else, the Bible says, from who? The evil one. The devil. Let your yes be yes. Be a man, a woman of your word. 
So if you don't, if you're not able to do something, it's not because you, you didn't want to. It's because something out of your control came. That happens. Paul was planning to meet the Corinthians. He couldn't do it. But he wanted them to understand that when he made the commitment, he made it in the name of Christ. And he had every intention to do it. In another place, he said, I tried to come to you time and again, but Satan hindered me. That's fine. That's out of your control. So I'm not saying that because you gave your word, you know, even if you couldn't do it and you have to say, you know what, I gave my word, but unfortunately I can't do it anymore. But don't try and style it. Did I actually say that? Did I say it? You know, at times people say something, and then when you challenge them, they say, what exactly did I say? Ah, I didn't say that. I didn't say it like that. I didn't say black is black. I said black is dark. Fourth point. How do you honor God with your time? Honor his kingdom with your time. Do things that you know speaks of his kingdom. That speaks of his rule. Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Do things that promote his kingdom. Fifth point. How do you honor God with your time? How do you worship him with your time? Honor his house with your time. Look at Haggai chapter 1 verse 9. He said, you looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. In other words, when you neglect God's house, God neglects your own. Now, God's house is God's people. The local, the church you're a part of is God's house. This is part of God's house. And if you're a part of a local church, then honor God's house. Six points. Set aside time with God every day. Psalm 55 verse 17. The psalmist says this. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Prioritize time with God every day if you want to worship him with your time. Now it's different for some. For some your time constraints might mean you can only do 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is. But set aside time intentionally to spend in God's word and in his presence in prayer. And number seven, if you want to worship God with your time, respect the time of others. Respect the time of others. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So, beloved, as I conclude on this simple two-part teaching, I encourage you with this point. Our priorities in life demonstrates what is most important to us. And anyone who wishes to honor God in their life must identify the things that God deems important and build their life around such things. I encourage you to be a man and a woman of integrity who worships God with their time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Okay, let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you. Let's pray. Those of you online, I just want to pray over you as well.
Um, like I shared earlier on, I looked at how my time was this week and I was like, oh Lord. So as you seek to make a stand in this area, you're going to be challenged. But I want to pray that God will give you grace so that you don't give up. So that you persevere, you keep on until you see God's character reflected in your time management. And if you're saying to the Lord that you want to do this, stand where you are. I want to pray over you, speak grace to you. Those of you watching online or listening um, um, audially, I um, want to pray with you as well. As you stand, just raise your hands and just dedicate yourself to him in this area. Close your eyes, raise your hands to him and just pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I receive your word. I embrace your word. Today, in the name of Jesus, I dedicate my life to you. I dedicate my life afresh. I dedicate my time, my energy, all that I have to you. Give me wisdom and give me grace to honor you through how I use my time. In Jesus' name, amen. As your hands are lifted, Father, I bless your people and I ask that your grace will rest upon them, that they will truly honor you we will honor you with our time in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated.